The following is a Pod Beard production. EST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, opinions, and more. This is this is the Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are Will and are here today on episode 229 of The Hotter Show, a very special Friday edition. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thanks so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. Last week on the show, of course, we had a Hotter Show Rewind in which uh, I talked with my buddy Izzy about the ghosts of gigs music, and that was a great, great episode, a lot of fun. It was fun going back and reliving that but this week i'm coming at you with a brand new episode and an interview that was a long time in the making with my man duncan also known as emo dad and i know you guys enjoy it It was a lot of fun we discussed his start in music the kind of emo and early 2000s kind of punk rock pop punk scene as well as pop music and kind of how things are today in music and how different it is. But then also we talk a lot about some of his past solo project and we have a whole lot of fun and we go off on a bunch of fun music related tangents. So I know you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Duncan was a great guest. Thank you very much, my man, for coming on the show. I do appreciate it. And things get you know, pr- pretty real near the end of the show there. We talk about some, uh, some things that, that we say might uh, press some buttons that I think need to be pressed by some people in the world. And if you're listening and anything we talk about offends you in any way, I don't really care. <laughs> so, so there you go. But it was a really fun episode. We talked for about over or an, just about an hour and a half or so. So I'm not wasting any time on this intro. At the end of the show, of course, I'll be giving my shout out to my Patreon supporters. And uh, the only thing I want to touch on is if you guys are not aware, uh, Mean Beard is currently taking part in a campaign with uh, the foundation The Cure Starts Now, which is, of course, a foundation that raises awareness and money for ending pediatric uh, cancer. And right now, they're doing a, a campaign called Beard It Up, which is essentially you're growing a beard for raising awareness pediatric cancer <laughs> pretty pretty straightforward but some people are like what does this mean i'm confused and it's just literally we're growing beards and we're collecting donations and it's all done on the actual website for the cure starts now it all goes directly to pediatric cancer we're trying to find a cure that's what they're doing and it starts with people like us and people like you listening right now any dollar helps i of course do have a page um if you go on my personal instagram which is tj hodder h-o-d-d-e-r same spelling of this podcast you will find my link on my profile i'll also be sure to link it in the description below of this podcast it is of course 100 optional but every dollar helps uh be part of something and stand with purpose stand for something that's what mean beater is all about and that's why you know we are taking part in this and it is extremely important to me as well you know so thank you very much for those who have already checked it out and donated i know there's a couple people who donated not on my page but on the actual mean beer page so thank you (laughs) i do appreciate that and we're hoping to crush our goal and we're we're about a weekend now so we're hoping we can we can crush our goal we're we're working hard at it but uh that out of the way i'm ready to roll into this podcast my chat with duncan innes not Eins, like I say at the beginning, and he corrects me, which is great. Let's get into it. So I've been spending the last like 12 to 
15 minutes shooting the breeze with the gentleman joining me on the show right now and uh, figured it, well, I better hit record since we already talked about a bunch of good stuff. So <laughs> I'm very, very excited. It's kind of been a bit of a long time coming, but I'm excited to welcome the man known as Emo Dad. Uh, also, you may know him as Duncan Ines of the House Hipples podcast. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, fun fact, it's actually Innis. Innis. Oh, what? Yeah, I, I know. Ines don't don't even worry about it, man. Don't even worry about it. It is That's... a gun. How did I not figure that out? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, old Scottish name. Everybody gets it wrong. That's super. That's see, I should have, man. I got a friend of mine on my other podcast who's going to kill me. <laughs> she, she drinks innocent gun beer like all the time she's like how did you not know that <laughs> yep yeah there you go she'll give she'll give you hell for me <laughs> exactly i usually ask too you know i'm like so how do you pronounce your name because i've got i've butchered names before like really bad and it's like it's always a bad start if like there's like someone listening to the show for the first time they're like this guy has no idea what he's doing. This guy's a hack. How dare yeah. he? What kind of a journalist? And I'm like, I'm not a journalist, folks. That's uh... I just do this. <laughs> we have fun here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, so first and foremost, um, we got a lot to discuss because obviously I want to mm-hmm. talk about music. I want to talk about your kind of your solo project, maybe a little bit about the first time that I actually saw you play music. When oh, you were in yeah. a little bit about influences. And then, of course, I do want to discuss the podcast since as much as I love talking music and can talk music and stuff like that all day, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a podcast guy. So oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously I got to exactly. ask about that. So but first and foremost, I always like to ask people, what kind of got, what got you into music? What was like some of the first music that you can remember hearing? Uh, yeah. Um, first music that I can remember hearing really enough. OK, um, I grew up with my dad who was a who is a big classic rock guy so i listened to a lot of uh queen super tramp led zeppelin that type of stuff uh rush growing up um whenever i was in my dad's car and then in my mom's car she's always been more of like an 80s pop type of person so it was a lot more uh michael jackson madonna uh eurythmics that type of stuff um that's a pretty good like musical education. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's always been pretty broad. And like m- both of my parents were pretty artistic. Like my mom's a pretty good vocalist. She doesn't really do it that much. But whenever, she, you know, I catch her singing in the kitchen, I'm like, do it. Keep doing it. Um, Let's record and- an album. Yeah, exactly. Um, and my dad was a saxophone player for the longest time. He still picks it up every now and then. But um, so I just kind of grew up with music as part of the family. And then when I was much younger as well, I was actually a competitive dancer for many, many years. Um, so a lot of my musical diet at that time was whatever I was doing routines to. So it was a lot of like especially in the early 2000s. God, I'm trying to remember. There was some Britney Spears in there. There was um, some Daft Punk in there as well. Um, some Justin Bieber, Black Eyed Peas, that type of stuff. You know, top 40s. That kind of top 40, to early to mid 2000s kind of top 40 stuff. Exactly, exactly. Anything that had a groove, basically, you could dance. Yeah, to. exactly. <laughs> um, and then... 
when I started to sort of develop my own musical taste was, <laughs> um, and this will this will show exactly who I kind of am as a person. The first real band that I listened to was Black Bell Brides. Nice. Hey, yeah. man, no shame in that. That was, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna go on record right now and say that Black Bell Brides, man, pretty good. And it, they weren't that bad slaps. back in the day, man. It does. It There's some slaps. good tunes. Good like tunes. I, I have a couple of their CDs because uh, you can't see here, but I have. I'm a big like. Um, physical media purist to an extent um i like having cds or records um and i have a good couple of blackville brides cds still kicking around nice yeah i'm, I'm kind of in the same boat man like i've got a, a tap you know like those old like cd towers from like the 2000s they were like the wavy ones i got yeah. it i got it yeah to, like, oh, way geez. over there <laughs> I found way one over of those in my back when me and my girl were moving. I like found one in the storage room and I'm like, yo, I'm taking this. Like I'm taking this thing. So it's set up like right when you walk in my apartment, it's like right there. And everyone's like, dude, yeah. really? Like it has like the little balls on the top, you know, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. People <laughs> say that to me and then they see my five, uh, my five disc CD changer that I got at value village. And they're just nice. like, okay, so you're legit. So you're legit about this. And like, yes, I am. <laughs> Because it's all hooked into an amp, which then it has like a full, uh, not a full home theater setup, but like a little bit of one with a good subwoofer and everything. So, I mean, I went to school for audio engineering, so I got to pride myself on something there. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you, you know how to listen to music and how to do it properly. Yeah, exactly. The art, the art of listening to music, which some people don't understand that you can't just, you know. It's, oh, more than background. it's more than background noise. Yes. Oh yeah. You're, you're talking to someone who understands that. And oh, yeah. I mean, hell I do. I do full episodes of it. So <laughs> I, I get that. Let's just sit and listen to the song and then talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but so kind of with that musical education, as far as growing up kind of with the classic rock and the kind of, I guess, classic pop, I guess, quote unquote. Um, yeah. Then also a little bit of the two thousands era pop. Um, when about did you kind of start getting into that heavier stuff? Like when did you kind of like first hear like Blackville Brides and then kind of progressed from there? So and did you like when you heard Blackville Brides, did you kind of go down that kind of metal metalcore path a bit first or? Um, so, yeah, it was a bit more of the metalcore stuff. It was a lot of that scene um, that. 2010s, like that mid that early 2010s. Um, scene stuff so it was a lot of black bell brides um falling in reverse god who else asking alexandria probably I'm yeah sure. a little bit of asking alexandria uh suicide silence was a yeah. big one um of course with mitch dying so everybody was just like oh shit um if you weren't into the band you were getting into them yeah that was a huge like i was never really into that scene too too much just because i was i'm a little older obviously but exactly uh, but like when Mitch died, even myself, I was like, oh, like this is yeah, because he was he was like a flag, um, like a temple in in the scene at the time. Um, and one of the only ones who hasn't been uh, charged or told to have been touching any kids, which is, you know what? Really high rating in my book. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you if you go ahead and don't touch children, let's just uh, you know. I, that, I think that puts you way up there. Yeah, that that should be pretty easy not to uh, not to do. I think, but apparently, it's really hard on Warped Tour. I don't understand. I just don't personally get it. But uh, that's yeah, no, that's like a whole other conversation. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was it was a lot of that uh, that sort of uh seen metalcore stuff in the early to um into the mid 2010 so that would have been about 2012 2013 was when i was getting into that so i was like 13 14 years old um getting that's into that that's a trip for me by the way yeah exactly you that young i was graduated high school like i was i was well graduated high school by that point actually jesus i'm just surprised yeah <laughs> i'm geez. a baby <laughs> Still trips me out, dude. This is this is how I feel like in everything that I do. Um, because a lot of my friends and a lot of the people that I end up working with are much older than me, or at least like five years older than me. So whenever I sort of talk about, um, what it was like for me growing up, they're just like, "You're a fucking baby. What are, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know about that 2010 metalcore scene, bro?" Yeah, you exactly. There. <laughs> I lived it. Like, no. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so I went from that stuff and then um I started getting into, you know, Green Day, um, My Chem, um, Just Nirvana. My romance. Yeah, exactly. Making the comeback. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's been a trip for the last couple of days. Yeah, I was just about to say, quick sidebar. How how did you feel with that news? Were you were you pretty psyched or I mean I'm psyched as a person who got into them just before they broke up, like literally two weeks before they broke up, I started getting into them. Um, and I was actually just posting on my Instagram story the other day, um, the conventional weapons singles, which were like the last four, they put out four a side B side singles before they broke up and before fake your death came out. Um, and I think those are some of the most influential recordings for me. Um, and they never get enough love and same with bullets, like their, their debut album never gets enough love. And that thing like hits me and it's, um, it really pushed me as a writer and as, and sort of like as an artist in general. Yeah, they're one of those bands that like it's almost like with Black Parade, they almost kind of especially even for my generation, they almost kind of became a punchline a little bit because they, you know, they went from like, you know, I mean, obviously the cliche, you know, three cheers for sweet revenge like that record. When that record came out, I was like middle of high school. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when Helena was released, it was like. Oh shit! Like this is a bad. That song. This is how we do it. This is like, you know, emo was cool. You know, like that was like. Because then all of a sudden, and you were getting all the like, your kids are joining the cult of emo. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I I never went through the full emo phase. Yeah, you you didn't hit it hard. I hit it hard. Yeah, man. I, I had like the Just hair, the but yeah, well, exactly. I was, but like, it's one of those things where like, then Black Parade came out and that's a great record. Oh yeah. A classic record. Killer but like start to finish. But then now it's like for my generation, it's almost like they kind of became a punchline. Like I my feel like father took it me went to a parade. From, 
Yeah, I feel like it went from punchline and it's part of it is still sitting at punchline, but then a lot of people are coming back to it and going like, No, never mind, this album slaps. Absolutely. Like, this, is, this is a banger album from start to finish. Like I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of sort of in that like I'm not a huge fan. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh yeah, I'm a huge fan. Like yeah. G- Ghost of You is like a st- I love that's my like probably my favorite my chemical song. But yeah. like it hits sitting, me yeah, like when I when the news came out of them doing those that comeback show, I was like, Oh. So I went and sat down and actually listened to Black Parade from start mm-hmm. to finish for the first time in probably ten years or more. Yeah. Which is a good like, amount of time. That's a good yeah. amount of time to just kind of let it sit. And that was, you know, 10 year ago, TJ compared to TJ now is a completely mm-hmm. different music listener. So I'm like, yo, this is a great record. Why was I sleeping on this? Like, <laughs> Because you you really dive into it now and you're like, holy shit, what are these solos that Ray Toro's doing in this punk song? And, like, what are these different production choices? Like, who decides to put, um, what's her name? Oh, fuck. On Mama, they have, like, a a classical singer on on Mama. And it's like, who would decide to do that? But it all works. It's all these weird random pieces that this, it just works. It just works and it's such a special record. And mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about American Idiot by Green Day and how like it's like the best record of like the 2010s kind of era. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, it's uh, that is highly up for debate. It's, That's it's an amazing point. album. It's definitely got to be as far as like overall influential album for kind of that generation. Oops, sorry, I'm hitting my mic stand here. Yeah, I'm no getting worries. into it, so I'm throwing my hands around. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's definitely a um, it's an important record. Like, I remember mm-hmm. when that record came out, that was an important record. But I think there are certain albums that always get overlooked, and I think that's one of those records that, like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. People are going to look back and be like, yo, Black Parade was an important record. Yeah. Really enough, just to make myself even more of a baby, um, uh, my buddy Wayne Kennedy. I don't know if you know Wayne. Oh, yeah. Shouts to, I, I've never had the pleasure, but I've I've heard tons about him, and I, I know he's a stand-up dude. Yeah, so I, I work with him um, a fair bit. Him and I are pretty tight. He calls me son every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one time him and I were hanging out, um, actually recording the last Backyard Riot EP. Um, and we were talking about American Idiot. I'm just like, just to put it into context, I remember being wheeled into Walmart in like the little basket on the shopping <laughs> cart and seeing the advertising for American Idiot on the like security scanners. That was my first memory uh, of Green Day. And and that kind of clicked for him. Like, wait a second. You're you're like this much younger than me. (laughs) That was a long time ago. I was in like grade eight, I think, when that came out. Yeah, I was four or five. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Good jumping age there. But but that's funny, though. But it's like there's these records now that I feel like looking back on it. Like after, you know, 20 years or so, it's like, yeah, man, that was a very important record, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. I feel like one that kind of gets um, missed a lot and I'm glad that it's getting more recognition right now is Drain the Blood by The Distillers. 
Yes. That is an amazing album. And I'm there. The re it's the reason I don't listen to rancid at all, knowing the backstory behind the album. But, um, I, I love that album so fucking much. For those who don't know me included, give the quick cliff notes version of the story behind oh, that album. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> if you okay. know it. So, um, now so I'm curious. Birdie Dale, the lead singer of the distillers yep. was married like real young to Tim Armstrong of rancid. Um, and she's from, she's originally from Australia and I think she was dating Tim Armstrong when started dating him when she was like 17 or something like that. Um, and then she moved to America when she turned 18, started the distillers in LA, um, living with him and in all of their prior stuff leading up to that was all being produced and everything by him. Um, and he was super controlling of it mm-hmm. and said like, this is how you're going to do this song. This is the promotion that we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then she met Josh Homie from Queens of Stone Age. Um, and she divorced Tim Armstrong and started going out with Josh Homie. And this album tanked. It released in 2004, but it tanked because essentially Tim Armstrong blacklisted um, the distillers in, in the uh, sort of pop punk to just regular pop. Uh, punk scene of the early 2000s at the time huh i did not know that yeah so the the first half of the album is her like divorcing and breaking up with tim armstrong and then the second half of the album is her falling in love with josh homie which i mean i'd fall in love with josh homie if i mean yeah he's a handsome man (laughs) yeah and he's a he's one of those guys that Another, I was another band, man, from kind of the the mid to the late two thousands era. That you know, like lullabies for paral. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Lullabies yeah. to paralyze. Like when that <laughs> record came out, I was like, "What the hell is this? Like this is weird." Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, now I'm down with it. Now I'm like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that it, that album is kind of the reason I don't listen to Rancid that much. Because he was kind of a dick, basically. Oh, he was a dick. huge dick. Oh, That's he was a cool. huge dick for that. I mean, I didn't listen to Rancid to begin with, but now especially, don't support dicks, people. It's not really. Yeah. <laughs> but support people on his record label because there's a lot of really good bands on his label. Well, there you go. See, I never knew that story. So that's that's. I've already it's, learned it's, so much. It's one of those ones that kind of got covered up a lot. But if you do a little bit of research into it, I think Vice did like a whole piece on it. Somebody no went back um, and listened to the album and they went like, holy shit, this is like the best feminist album of being in an abusive relationship and getting out of it and finding new love and blah, blah, blah. And it is. It really is. It's an amazing album on a lot of fronts. Well, that's badass. Definitely a, an album that is for sure overlooked. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to learn that story. So ho- hopefully some people out there might m- maybe go back and check out that record now if they haven't, especially for that reason. It's like, oh, this is an interesting story. Yeah. Now it's a whole new light that you can view that <laughs> whole album in. And it's always cool to kind of learn. Like I'm, I'm all about that. Like I like to learn as much as I can about the artists I like and like what's this song kind of about and what's this yeah. album about. And, you know, th- there's so much you can learn 
about you might look at an album one way, but then you learn a little bit behind it and you're like, oh, this is like a whole other concept now. Yeah, exactly. So as far as when you kind of you mentioned a little bit about, you know, that record and then like the My Chemical Romance Bullets record, as far as albums that were kind of an influence for you um, and that you're a fan of mm-hmm. what is there any other albums that like kind of especially in the early days when you kind of right before you started playing and writing that you would kind of quote as like oh this is a really important record for me or or even musicians in particular that you would say were a big influence in the beginning and even now potentially i mean like you know what in terms of like really getting me to appreciate music and being an artist um michael jackson weirdly enough was a huge one because again i grew up on him um my first real sort of push to seeing how much work goes into being an entertainer and Mm -hmm. into music into artistry was my parents took me to go see um this is it like the documentary this is it Mm -hmm. um opening night i think or opening weekend and that just blew my whole, like, my little mind at that point. <laughs> um, so that's a, that's a huge one. Um, and then albums-wise, in terms of, I, as soon as I listened to My Chem, I knew that I wanted, and especially Bullets, I knew that I wanted to be doing that sort of harder punk stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I the thing that kind of pushed me towards acoustic was warning by Green Day. Okay, cool. Cause I know it used to have it used to have a rep as like one of the most hated Green Day albums, and I know it was a total flop when it came out, but I've been seeing more and more recently in the last couple of years that it's been getting the the love that it mm. deserves and the amount of respect that it deserves. Well, that's cool because I literally it's like you read my mind as far as what I wanted to se- kind of segue into talking mm-hmm. about that because one thing that really struck me about you as a performer and as a musician was I've always been an acoustic guy. Like I yeah. when I started off playing music, I started playing acoustic. I've always been a fan of acoustic music and, you know – playing rock and metal songs on acoustic mm-hmm. for some reason it's always been it's it's a completely different feel it's a completely yeah. different like feeling and texture to the to the whole thing and performing songs that hey would this song maybe sound a, a little not better but like a little more powerful with an electric guitar under it maybe but mm-hmm. it's different it's a different kind of power when you're playing acoustically and that's something and that's something that was so that struck me like when i saw you play for the first time it was at the i don't remember what battle of the bands it was uh it was the fire fire hall yeah the it was the firehouse youth centers battle of the bands it had to have been either two think i think that i want to say it was 16 i want to say 16 or 17 or 15 no, it definitely know. wasn't 15. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, I'm trying to think because 15, I had a couple other buddies go out and play that one. I had my friends in Cleopatrick play that and my friends in the Inside Outs. Big shows go to out both and play those that. bands because those, yeah, those guys Inside are Outs badass. are Yeah, Inside Outs are done, unfortunately. Um, 
but I still keep in touch with Jackson Long, who was the bassist singer for it, and uh, Caleb, who is the guitarist. He has another project going on right now. He has a couple solo things, but he's also doing a band called City of Leeches. As far as I know, they're on a bit of a hiatus right now, but hey, hang on a I second. don't know. That, that just blew my mind. Hang on a second. So yeah. Caleb, City of Leeches, was in yeah. the Inside Outs. Yes. How did I not? Wow, I feel like an idiot. Okay. Sorry, that just blew my mind. That's not one of those bands that like it's on my list of like people I want to get in contact with. So if you guys are listening, hit your boy up because I want to. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but that just, sorry, that just blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? How did I yeah, not put no, two so, together? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, the exact same guy. The exact same guy. <laughs> That's funny. Then um, obviously Cleopatrick is, you know. Oh, uh, Yeah. Fun. They're love like taking Luke over the world. It's fine, you know. Yeah, no, I love Luke and Ann. Um, I need to go out and get coffee with them. I try texting them, but whenever I do, they're just like, oh, we're going on a plane to go see this show or to go to this meeting. I'm like, oh, okay. They're busy, like, taking over the world and reinventing rock music. No exactly. Big deal. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. No, and you know what? More power to them for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Big shout out to them. Really nice guys, too. I, I, I missed. We just keep missing opportunities that I have mm-hmm. on the show. So I just kind of was like, I'm just going to put it out into the world. And, you know, they're, they're going and taking over the world. So it's like that. That's so awesome to see a couple, couple good guys who were badass musicians from Coburg just. Oh, yeah. Making a run for it. So big shout out to them. Yeah, so I think it was because I'm trying to think who else it was. Yeah, so City of Leeches was playing at that show. Yes, I think it was 2016. Um, I, I, I think I it was 2016. I'm, yeah, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, because that was my graduating year. Hmm. No, uh, that would have been 2017 then because that was into the spring. Yeah, so it was 2017 because that was okay, my graduating year. That's Yeah, okay, that, that would make sense to me. I mm-hmm. want to say I'm trying, I'm trying to think it was a year I was a judge. So I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. to Yeah, we're going to have to go all the way back. And oh, man, this, find that this is bugging. Again. This is bugging the shit out of me now. I want to I want to go back and look because this is actually bugging me for some reason. Yeah, because I remember I sat. I sat down and like listened to the episode and I was just like, OK, I want to hear all the pointers. I want to know everything like I want to. What can we do to improve and this and that? <laughs> and then I'm I'm pretty sure in typical harder show fashion, I was just like, they were awesome. <laughs> no, you actually did give a couple good points. Did I? I don't. I don't. It was so long ago. I don't remember. Okay. Well, that's. I mean, I'm, hey, I'm yeah. glad. That's my my whole thing with and I, you know, quick sidebar. I don't. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't. At the um, well, I think they've changed the battle of the bands things now. I don't know if they're still doing them, but the two years that I was a judge, it was a ton of fun, but it was stressful as hell because yeah, I because it was consistently yeah. good bands, especially man. 2016 was like mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, and you know what? It was for sure. It had to have been 2017. Sorry, 2017. It had to be 2017. Yeah, because I I'm pretty sure 2016. That's when. Cleo put out for uh, 14 because they had. Ju- yeah, because I want to say they had either just released something or they were just about to. Yeah, um, I think they had just put out say 2014 because, yeah, that summer in between um, the summer of 20 of 2016 going from my grade 11 year into my grade 12 year. Um, 
Luke was running shows in Coburg called the Nowhere Special Shows. Um, oh, yes. That, okay. Yeah. And who did he have out to that? He had double experience out to that for one of them. Um, Hidden Moon. Trying to remember who else. Earthbound. Um, yeah. And I Backyard Riot played two of them. I think he did four total. Man, shout outs to Earthbound. I haven't heard that name in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> shout outs to those guys. I think that was the last show that they ever played. I want to say it was, or very shortly. Because I, I loved them, and I was like, yo, guys, let's do something. They're like, yeah, we like just broke up. And I'm like, no! <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm literally going through my episodes right now, trying to find that episode. And I, for some reason, I can't, I have no idea why I can't find it. I know it's here somewhere. This is, this is like giving me, like, it's making my brain hurt because I can't remember it. It's fucking the crap out of me. <laughs> I, I, it had to have been 2017. It had to have been. Yeah, it was definitely 2017. It yeah, was definitely. I'm, I'm just, we're just going to say it was 26 because I can't seem to find it. And I'm trying to stall and I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that year was badass. But what was so cool was when, because I, I want to say you guys either went on first or very in the beginning. We, I, we I, went on first. Because we what went was, on very first because what was cool yeah because what was cool about that was like it was just i want to say there was just the three of you guys with Mm -hmm. acoustics and i'm like i I was like oh like it's an acoustic band and then it's like oh no they're like folk punk and i'm like first off what the hell is folk punk what yeah that's that's everybody's first reaction and then i'm like okay so like what like is it like punk songs that are folky because i i grew up with like you know gordon lightfoot and stuff so i'm like picturing you're gonna break into like you know a three chord song but then you guys played and i was like oh shit like this is like this is not what i thought it was gonna be but it was in a good way i was like and it was this energy this raw energy that you Mm -hmm. don't get from you know, if you guys were playing an electric set, you know, I'm sure it would have been just as cool, but Mm -hmm. it's a different energy. That was, it just really struck me as like, these guys have something really unique and cool going on. Yeah. I think, I, I think the thing that a lot of people gravitated towards with backyard riot was one, it was a bit more accessible Mm -hmm. for punk. We would have a lot of older folks, um come up and say that was really good especially i think for us it helped we had a staple cover of Folsom prison blues by yes, johnny cash yeah. um and that was kind of our thing of let's get everybody on our side like even because i've always been super political with my lyrics so i know that can be off-putting to some people um it's like, even if you don't care about the politics or whatever I'm preaching about up there, let's just have fun for this one song. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what it should in mm-hmm. the core, but that's what it should be as much as exactly, you know, you may not, uh, someone who has a different political, you might not agree with what you're saying. Oh, well, Hey, now they're playing this cool cover of folk and prison blues. And it's like, Oh, okay. I can dig this. And exactly. And it's like, Oh, maybe we can agree to disagree and they can move on with the love of them. Exactly. It's like, Hey, this sounds good. So you know what? And, and I've said to, um, I was talking to a friend a couple weeks back and he was asking me about my writing process. And I have always said, I want to make 
I don't want to try to be the person that's like, you need to think like this um, Mm -hmm. because I think like this. I've always been the person of here's another way to look at this. And I think that that works a lot better than being super aggressive. And it's like, you know, you're passionate about what you're saying. And but it's just like I was literally just about to say it's just like you're kind of presenting an idea. Mm -hmm. Exactly. and it's like you're passionate about it and you're, you know, it's not like you're full on screaming like all the time or anything. But it's like mm-hmm. there are moments where you have, you know, you throw some grit on your voice and it's like it's it's punk. There's no denying that that's what it is. But mm-hmm. it's it's it was like nice, accessible punk that everyone can get into because it's not, you know, some people don't like the super distorted, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's not like hardcore and, and it's mm-hmm. not like the super um gritty diy stuff as mm-hmm. well but it's still got meat on it it's still it still has that that punk message and that punk ethos and, and that's something that we always tried to stick to yeah for sure and obviously you know once that project ended um you started off after a, a little while i think it was you started off with this kind of emo dad project so kind of run me through that and kind of what made you, the decision for you to go okay let's kind of do this solo thing and the the name and all mm-hmm. that kind of how'd that all start so um back here riot we knew was definitely going to end um there was a couple different disagreements. Jacob left the band. So our bassist, Jacob, who was Sam, um, the lead guitarist, his brother, um, he left the band. Um, so Sam and I went back to being a two piece cause we originally started as a two piece. Um, and then I'm trying to think we did a couple shows and this was in our gap year. Sam and I took a year off after graduation to sort of just work and focus on music as well. Um, and we were originally both planning to go to Metalworks in Mississauga to study different parts of music production and audio production, um, but still go together. Um, he eventually changed his course we planned out a sort of mini tour it was it was two days um we did one day in hamilton and one day in toronto and we did that with um pat from basement dweller um and that was our kind of farewell we had recorded an ep with um wayne kennedy as well um, and that was being put out with his his label. And we went into that kind of saying, this is going to be the last thing that we do. And he was super behind that. And he's just like, well, let's make this kick ass. Um, so so that that happened. Um, the EP went out. We did our last couple shows. Um, and it was kind of just like, OK, this is this is it. This is the end. Um, I moved to Mississauga and I kind of was just working at, at like working at school. I was working at hot topic at the time as well. I got in a job at hot topic. 
So I was doing that and I got a I got a message. Actually, I didn't get a message. There's on Facebook the DIY folk punk community chat board and it's a giant group of people from all over the world that do folk punk, but it's mainly US based and one of the kind of big names on there, he goes by the artist name Happy Happy. He was talking about doing a um, folk punk goes 80s uh, compilation album, kind of like the um, punk, the punk goes 80s or the punk goes pop. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, comp albums. So I said, okay, you know what? Here's here's a reason for me to start doing something again. Um, And I decided to do a cover of Tainted Love, which is up on my Spotify. The comp never got released unfortunately but uh the single's still out there uh name wise that actually all has to come from ethan gomes uh gomer he we had a kind of running joke in um in our friend group of calling each other dad but it was like something dad something dad yeah yeah (laughs) exactly so like Sam um, was Dart's dad because he was a chain smoker at the time. So it's just like, oh, Dart's dad is going to go outside and hawk a dart. (laughs) I love that. Exactly. Um, He had a co-worker who was an old friend of mine, Nick, who he called goth dad. And he's just like, well, I can't call you goth dad and you really like my chem. So you're emo dad. (laughs) So I got stuck with emo dad and then it kind of just kept on going and everybody and everybody started to kind of know me more as emo dad as opposed to Duncan. So especially after I made it my Twitter name, uh, not my Twitter name, my Instagram uh, handle. So everybody's just like, so I kind of just went to the point of like, Fuck it, that's my artist name now. I'm, I'm just calling now. myself Emo Down. <laughs> and I mean, it works. It, everybody remembers it. Mm-hmm. There, I have people come up to me when I wear like my Emo Dad hat, which was just made out of a joke. Um, and they're just like, oh, are you Emo Dad? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, we know you from blah, 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 or this person or this person. Um and it's like, okay, I haven't played a show with that person in forever, but I'm hoping they're saying nice things about me. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, man, like it's it's a brand. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, man, it's all about branding and emo dad is a it's something that catches people like, you know, it's funny, but it's also like, well, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I had um when I was at when I was at Metalworks, I had a couple of people suggest that I make it a clothing line. Like just drop it as a That'd music, cool too. as a music name, and just uh, make it a clothing line. And I was considering it for a bit, but uh, no, nah, you know what? Do the music, make some merch to go along with it. <laughs> well, that's that's. I mean, that's a T-shirt. Exactly. Like, I could see people walking around with a T-shirt that says "Emo Dad," and it's like, what's Emo Dad? Yeah, and, exactly. Oh, well, it's a you know, that's just branding marketing one hundred and one. That's <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, look at it. Look at all of the. Look at what 21 Pilots does with their mm-hmm. merch. They've essentially made it a clothing line at this point. Like it's their own clothing line as opposed to just band merch anymore. 
And that's something too that like, and people love that stuff. Like they love even like the one-off t-shirts mm-hmm. with like a, a, a saying or something or like something that's like almost they wear it ironically and stuff. Like people yeah. love that stuff. So. Or something that's like just, just an in-joke mm-hmm. with, with fans of, um, of something like just something that anybody who listens to like this podcast or listens to this artist or knows this movie will understand. It doesn't have the name of the podcast, the name of the artist, the name of the movie or whatever on it. And it's just something that any, that you can go, Oh, I know that I listened to, I listened to so-and-so. Yeah. That's something that like, um, like one of my favorite podcasts, it's a wrestling podcast. And like mm-hmm. they have, they have shirts for just all this stuff. And, and you know, it's like, if you wear that shirt out in public, no one will have any idea what it is, mm-hmm. but that one person that does like, he's going to be like, Oh my God. And then you're immediately friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you have to be, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like one of, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, small town murder, I love I like true crime stuff. Um, they've put out a couple different shirts of like things based off of certain episodes. So like one of them is 100 milligrams of cheer the fuck up, bitch. Um, <laughs> That's great. Or or um, never move to the panhandle. And it's just those little things that you're just like with no context, you go, what the fuck? But as soon as you know the context, it's hilarious. Or you go like, okay, I I know that person. I can get behind that person. And then next thing you know, it's like you've got a new fan or you've got a new listener or or anything like that, right? Exactly. That's what it's all about. Everything in its own way is branding really like yeah doesn't matter what it is (laughs) and and that's something i can respect a whole lot i'm not a huge rap person but i can respect a lot about a lot of these rappers coming out is they have their branding and marketing down and that's and that's how they're getting and that's how rap has become the number one genre in the world now is because they have their branding and marketing down they're getting their name out there. People know it. So they're going to end up listening to it. It's really simple. If people see it and they see it often, mm-hmm. eventually they're going to go, well, I guess I better listen to this if, you know, unless you're me and it takes you like almost a full year to hear. Uh, um, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Drawing a blank right now. I'm going to just guess uh, Post Malone. No, uh, you know what? I was early on the Post Malone game, actually, and I love. You know, Post what? I Malone, had a feeling so. you would be because yeah. he has a bit of a metal background. He does so. I? Man, I I was I wasn't a fan until I heard Fall Apart, though. I heard mm-hmm. Fall Apart, and Fall I apart. was like, Fall Apart, yeah. And I was like, I I'm pretty sure I've said it a couple times on my show where I'm like, Yo, this guy's gonna save music. And it's like, I don't know if I still have that same opinion, but at the time I, know. I was put, like, yo, he put Ozzy onto a track on his most recent album. It was the reason that I went and listened to that yeah, album. Man. And that's turned into one of my top albums of this year. And I don't know. He's, he's pushing more and more and especially stuff like, you know, getting Aerosmith to come out during mm-hmm. his performance at the VMAs and that type of stuff. He's, he's showing that he, wants to be pushing more and more 
of his sort of rock and metal roots, but also still accepting that he's a pop artist and a rapper Mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah, he knows what brought him to the game, kind of, and like, but mm-hmm. he's he's one of those guys that, like, man, I think one day we're gonna see like, uh, even if it's an EP or something, something that's like full on rock from him or something like that, because he's also a great guitar player. Oh yeah, I'm like, holding out. Just, I'm uh, holding out for an MTV Unplugged or something like that. Yeah, that would be man. Can you imagine if Post Malone drops an MTV Unplugged? Like, come oh. on, that would be a that'd be a game changer. I was that'd about to say so that's cool. the end of the game. Like that's yeah, that's, it. that's it. We're all done now. <laughs> Post Malone drops that. It's like that's it. Like music is done. You know? mm-hmm. There has to be music too now. Like it's just done. <laughs> like <laughs> it's over. <laughs> we're we're gonna stop for five years and then we're gonna boot back up again and it's gonna be all classical. <laughs> we'll just start back up. Beethoven will have to rise from the grave and he'll <laughs> announce music too. <laughs> Post Malone dropped that MTV Unplugged record. So now I have to come back from the dead and then now to music too. <laughs> uh, no, no, was... just to make it even better. It's just Danny Elfman. Oh my God. No, I love me some, da- I can't, I can't hate on Danny Elfman. I love me some Danny Elfman. <laughs> I just had to think of someone who I knew was dead. Cause I'm pretty sure there's a meme or something. That's like, I don't remember who it was. There's an old blues guy. That was, I was, I'm just picturing this meme and it was like a zombie smoking a cigarette. And it's like, if, if skinny puppies now consider blues and I have to come back and announce blues too. And it's like, what? <laughs> just the stupidest shit. So like old Robert, so like Robert Johnson. No, it <laughs> Zombie was, Robert oh, Johnson. Oh man, I can't freaking remember who it was. You'll remember in a half hour yeah. and you'll send me a text and it'll just be what like, it's this guy. It was like. <laughs> Not Marvin Gaye. Who the hell am I? <laughs> Marvin Gaye. It's, it's not even a blues artist. What am I? <laughs> my brain is not. Uh, I'm Jack breaking, White. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, guys. It's like 1.30 in the morning right now, and like so, like it's way too late for TJ. So I'm like, my brain is not functioning. We're properly. one beer <laughs> in TJ. Yeah. Sleep deprived. And it's 1.20 in the morning, so TJ's all messed up. No, but like it's just. Like, honestly, though, like if he dropped that, that would be a game changer. It, it really would. would. Be. It'd, like, be re- it'd be really good. But what's what's cool about it is like when when he released that song with Ozzy and regular listeners of my show know how I feel about that, because I literally ranted about it for like 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. because all these people were shitting on it because they're like, oh, all these kids don't even know Ozzy. <laughs> what losers? And I'm like, how the fuck are they supposed to know who Ozzy is? Exactly. They're, 13, 14, 15 year old kids. How are they supposed to know who mm-hmm. he is? Now they know who he is. There was kids that I work with that like they asked me, Hey, have you heard that new post Malone song? Who's this Aussie guy? So mm-hmm. that I give them a bit of background and they go, okay, cool. Next thing you know, the next time I see them, they're listening to black Sabbath. Exactly. And I'm exactly. like, it's huge. Amazing. And I can bet it was the same thing with when he brought Aerosmith out on, uh, yeah. during the VMAs, they're just like, wait, who the fuck is Aerosmith? Who are these guys? And then, like, you know, they go to their parents or whatever, and their parents would go, okay, well, here's Walk This Way with Run DMC because this will be the most accessible for you. Yeah. And then they'll go even further into that and get into, like, Ragdoll, Toys in the Attic, um, Dream On, all, like, the classics. Oh, for sure. And it's like... um that's what's so cool about kind of having that accessibility 
mm-hmm. but then also there are people that are, you know, like my mom's heard some Post Malone and she doesn't mind it, mm-hmm. which is like, that's huge. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And like there, there's artists like, like what I was trying to think of earlier, by the way, was Old Town Road. Oh, <laughs> so little not X, to, yeah. I little, I literally didn't hear that song till like it was long, like over. And I was like, this song is awesome. And everyone's like, where have you been? But dude, I like, can still guarantee it was still number one on the chart when you was, listened to it. It was. Yeah. And what was, what's so interesting about that song is, I mean, number one, it samples Nine Inch Nails. So I recognized that guitar part. I was like, yo, what? Like, what? But then, you know, he drops the version with. um, uh, With Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. And I'm like, that's what? Like, and it's just. And people from my and people from my generation will go like, oh, that's that's Miley Cyrus's dad. That's it. That's he's from uh, Hannah Montana. And there's a whole generation of people now that will only know him musically from that song. And exactly. Not Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> Which, you know what? Um, that may be a step up. Well, I mean, I don't know, bro. At the time, Achy Breaky Heart was, a, was pretty. Oh, it slapped. It was a slammy slam, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it still holds up, but but it's know. just it's just funny, man. How like how crazy music is where like you can something so small in the grand scheme of things as, you know, post Malone having Ozzy on a, do a, do a, a verse on a song. Mm-hmm. And then next thing, you know, there's kids that are listening to black Sabbath. And I mean, these are kids that were like listening to like little Yachty and shit. Mm-hmm. And now exactly. it's like, yo, screw that. I'm listening to this now. And it's like mm-hmm. the one kid after like a month, now they're now they're like a rock and metal head. And oh, it's yeah. like this whole 180. And I'm like, hell yeah, bro. That's what it's all about, you know? Because I think <laughs> I think at the root of it, rock and rap are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of where it comes from, um, the emotion in it and the work ethic that the people producing it have. And you can you can tell work ethic as soon as you hear something. Absolutely, and I mean it's not me talking crap about rap or anything. No, or exactly. Like, you know, I, I am a fan of some of it, but like mm-hmm. there there's a certain you can I can tell when someone's being disingenuous with me. Exactly. So that's why I've never been a huge fan of like hip hop and rap because it's just like talking about the club, emphasizing club, it's and like, especially come on. and especially since like. We, we would talk about this a uh, fair bit in school is you there's such a low um, barrier of entry into music now with how affordable uh, music production like DAWs are and how easy it is to just make it's like simple beats and you can buy a cheap microphone for like 80 bucks and that'll be good enough. So there's there's a lot of people that would have originally been starting punk bands in the DIY scene it back in the 90s or back into the 70s and 80s that or like hardcore bands or metal bands that are now that would now be getting into rap because it's that easier um, barrier of entry. 
and there's not so much gatekeeping in it. Hey guys, TJ jumping in here for a second. We're going to continue our chat here with Duncan Ennis, aka Emo Dad. We got a lot more ground to cover, but before we do, I need to stop and give a big shout out to the number one supporter of the Hotter Show and sponsor, my man, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. Hey you, yeah you, listening to the Hotter Show right now. Are you maybe in a band? Maybe you're a content creator? Maybe you're a performer of some kind who needs t-shirts or logos? Or are you maybe a business owner who's in need of some mailers or some brochures for your business? Maybe some business cards as well? Or are you someone who just needs some family photos edited and you're looking for the perfect graphic designer for you. You need to look no further than my man, Mr. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. Jaybird Digital Arts is a local business and you will be supporting the local economy. You will be dealing directly with the boss. There's no sales reps, there's no runaround. You're dealing with the man himself, above par work at below par rates. And he has over 10 years experience. He will work long and late to make sure your project gets finished on time and on budget. If you have been living under a rock, Everybody is using Jaybird Digital Arts from myself and the whole Pybeard Network, Chinlock Wrestling, House of Hardcore, tons of different bands, Geno's Pizza. Everyone is using Jaybird Digital Arts. And he offers so many other services. I don't even have time to list right now. It would take the whole podcast, but whatever you need, he has your hookup. And he will make sure that he's unique and that you will stand out from the crowd. Contact him today for a free quote by going on jaybirddigitalarts.com. Or you can also check him out on Facebook and Instagram at jaybirddigitalarts and search hashtag jaybirddigitalarts for a look at all of his awesome and unique work. And you can also contact him by email at jbird.digital.arts at gmail.com. And on top of all of that, if you contact him today and let him know that your boy Hotter sent you, he'll even give you a little discount skis on his already fantastic prices. I can assure you, you will find no one better and not a better human being on this earth than Jaybird Digital Arts. And always remember this, folks. His business is not successful unless your business looks great. Contact Jaybird Digital Arts for your free quote today. That's something that, you know, like I've always considered myself um, the, the the gatekeeper in the good way as mm-hmm. far as like, you know, I mean, hell, at my old job when I used to work at the music store, like I'd have parents of students going like, oh, I wish you wouldn't listen to this metal crap. And I'd be like, well, hang on. Like, what don't you like about it? Mm-hmm. Oh, the lyrics are just terrible. And I'd be like, OK. And then I'd pull up. I always use the same song. Yeah. I use Lamb of God's Walk With Me in Hell. And they'd be like, see, that's, that's horrible. And I, I read one line from it. Well, I said a couple, Mm. couple lines from the whole course, basically. (laughs) I was take hold of my hand for you are no longer alone. Walk with me in hell. Mm -hmm. And they're like, see, they're, they're saying that, that they're, they should like die in there in hell. And I'm like, what? And I said to them, no, he's saying, Hey man, you're going going through through shit. shit. Exactly. So, Hey Grab my hand. I'm going to pull you up. We're going to dust each other off and let's rage through this together. And they're just like, oh, it's, it's a complete change yes. of mindset. Especially, it's a metaphor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not all literal. Thank you, satanic panic. Jesus. Like, it's just there were so many. Like, I, that's something I always prided myself on. Like, there's so many. Mm-hmm. But then I, I'd say, OK, oh, my kids are in the Pantera and. 
five figure death punch and all this stuff. And I'm like, what would you rather them listen to? Oh, well, yeah. I guess what's on the radio. Then I pull up like a Nicki Minaj song and song. I'm, I'm and then it's like, just like, this is what you want them to listen how to. How many times they mention Coke. <laughs> yeah. Or like talking about anacondas and her butt or whatever. And it's like, really? Yeah. Like, this is what you'd rather this. And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, then. It, yeah, that's it. Man. It's, I, I, exactly. I'm, I'm, and it's it. And that was the thing is that like, luckily, my parents, there was a time where my mom, of course, was going to be like the white middle class mom of being worried about her kid. <laughs> sure, you know? of course. I'm, I'm getting into this dark music with this dark imagery and everything like that. But then like my dad and I would sit down and I'd show him my chem music videos and he'd be like, these guys are amazing their lyrics are amazing and of course the ghost of you music video my dad's a huge um history nut and yeah. especially or nut so he's watching that and he's just like this is one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen this yeah. is so this like this is respectful it's artistic it is amazing it fits the song the song and the story go together um, that was a badass music video that was exactly. really good um, and then same with like Green Day with Wake Me Up When September Ends, um, showing him that music video. Um, and, and that was the thing that kind of got my parents to change around on it. And then with when I was really getting into folk punk, it has it has a really bad um, reputation of really, really bad substance abuse. And um there's there's a classic image of, you know, a guy drinking Blue Ribbon or 40s or Moonshine on a freight train riding across the country, uh, not bathing or anything. Uh, that's it. That Oogle traveling kids um, image. And the thing that kind of got them to not worry about it as much was when I showed them uh, Mischief Brew. Eric Peterson, who was the guy who really influences me now as a solo artist, even more from a writing standpoint, he, I would say he would be the modern day Bob Dylan. Um, he died, he died like way, way too young, but if he was still going, damn. For sure. Had a unique kind of way to write and because i mean saying he's the modern day but i mean that's a hell of a damn statement it is it is you know if he had he had an influence i mean you look at mm. now what folk punk has become and it's something that you know now more and more it's you're seeing it pop up exactly. and it's not like it's almost like at first it was like some people like oh like folk punk that's kind of an oxymoron isn't it and it's like yeah it's but you think of it at its core and like i was touching on it's earlier, the same value how well it? it how well it goes together Mm -hmm. so it's so cool to see that like you know you're kind of like now like with what you're doing with emo dad it's i feel like it's it's still the same vibe mm -hmm. i think there's a little bit of a difference in there especially you know like with the tainted love cover and that but like especially with your new song which mm -hmm. you just released and i'm i'm very excited to talk about it, and i want to i yes. want to ask about that but i kind of feel like that's a bit more um a little more punky kind of a vibe to it but mm -hmm. still with the you know with with the guitar that you have going on in that song i still kind of feel like there's a touch of like kind of emo-ness kind of 
yeah. music going on and that's there. A, and that's something that I'll never really shake. Even, and there was a while there while I, that I was really trying to fight it. Um, and I think it came out a lot of my music, but then I kind of just gave up on it and accepted it mm-hmm. um, as just part of my playing style, part of my writing style, and part of my production style. Because I, I do all all the emo dad so stuff so far has been just me, like, start to finish. Well, and it's something that, like, it's, like, it's super clean production and, mm-hmm. you know, everything sounds great, but it's still... To me, it still has that kind of DIY feel to it, which exactly. is something that, you know, that the folk punk genre is so famous for. And it's so laden in that. It's it's the heart. It's the heart in it. Mm-hmm. That's what I always like to, to say to people is that. And I was talking to Wayne about it because he just put out his EP Monsters. And he was saying to me he was kind of worried about putting it out into the DIY folk punk community chat boards and trying to get it onto all the folk punk playlists and stuff like that. He's just like, I feel like it's too well produced and it, mm. it sounds too clean to go onto them. And it's just like, dude, you can, you can tell DIY just by the feeling of it, just mm-hmm. by the heart of it. You can polish it as much. It's, it's a classic thing of you can polish shit as much as you yeah. want. <laughs> At the end of the day, it'll still be shit. It's still shit. <laughs> it's just nicer looking shit. <laughs> well, and I don't think there's anything wrong with stuff that sounds clean and polished, but is still gritty and raw. And like, I mean, you go back to like, you know, like a, like stuff like some of the stuff like Nirvana did, especially mm-hmm. like you go back to Nevermind. Like there's a lot of really raw moments on that record, mm-hmm. but it's but so it's a very clean, it's huge and it's clean because Butch Vig was on the freaking board, you know? Exactly. Um, and that's why when they went over to in Euro, it's even more dirty and it's yeah. even more DIY and experimental. Um, and I had a point that I t- I kind of just forgot completely. <laughs> Fuck. Well, basically, just what you're saying, I think, is just, you know, going from a DIY feel to like a super polished production, you know, it, it's still – you can tell when something's DIY. You can tell mm-hmm. at its core and the soul of it that it's – this was done, you know, in a garage or it was done with – a couple dudes just laying it down, you know, and doing the production mm-hmm. and stuff themselves. Cause at its core to me, that's what DIY is. And it's, it's not fair for me to say like, Oh, it's done in a garage or cause that, that's not necessarily true, but no, just, you can do DIY yeah. in a, in a big studio. And I mm-hmm. think the thing that really at the end of the day makes it DIY is the artists are being true to themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they aren't giving up that much, if anything, and they don't have a giant team of people coming in and putting their input in. Exactly. There's not and, a guy. And like, sorry to cut you no, off. No, that's there. all good. No, no. Uh, and I think like the big thing about that is, of course, with folk punk, uh, two of the big names that everybody, everybody talks about, um, aside from front bottoms, which that's a whole, whole other thing that I like to count, um, is against me and Frank Turner. Mm-hmm. 
those are the, those are the two really really big names and of course against me has evolved its themselves into um a full a full-blown punk band at this point and of course they stand for more than just the anarcho stuff now they have they have their whole they have the lgbt stuff and they have the uh trans rights and the humans rights and feminist stuff all at the forefront now and it was all kind of subtext before but i read through lord and grace's um autobiography and I think people hate on White Crosses, which was their last their last major label album. They did two major label albums. Their first one was New Wave. They did that one with Butch Vig. So it's still it's super polished and clean. But they stuck to their guns and said, this is how we're doing it. We're not compromising on anything. And Butch was behind them, which helped them a lot because that album was put out 2007, I think. So they they had a big name behind them, hmm. backing them up with the label, saying, "No, we're we're going to do this just as is," and it still had that kind of DIY heart to it. And then when White Crosses came out, um, Laura kind of said to the label, "You know what? Do whatever you want. Let's have this make a lot of money because she was." gonna have a kid at the time and they were going through legal battles and this and that and the other thing so she was really concerned about the money and it kind of it shows it mm-hmm. really shows in the end product something that's like something i said earlier you can tell when someone's being disingenuous with you mm-hmm. you know it, it's like it's the same thing with any art or anything creative to me you know like like there's nothing i i hate more than when i even in the podcast world man like when i mm-hmm. sit and listen to someone and I know you're lying to me about something. Oh yeah. My new true crime podcast. And uh, it's like, you don't actually give a shit about this. You're just trying to get numbers. And that's something exactly. Or like, Oh, exactly. Trend of the day. It's like, just stop. Or I hear an artist that, Oh yeah. I've been playing, you know, like acoustic stuff and folky stuff, but Oh, my first single, it's a full on pop song to get numbers. It's exactly. like, what are you doing? Like, just stop, man. Like, be if you be true to yourself and you – and this is like a life lesson here, folks. Mm-hmm. If you be true to yourself and you put good out into the world and you do what you want to do with anything in your life, I promise you that at some point down the road or even right away, who knows, you will find the success you're looking for and you will find happiness. It's, it is that simple. And at the end of the day, even if you maybe, hey, maybe you don't find success with whatever you're doing, at least you're happy because you know you were true to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And don't get pushed down by people not immediately latching onto it. Mm -hmm. Keep putting that full effort into it. Put put your heart and your soul into it because – and even if – and don't focus on just the art Mm -hmm. as well. Focus on yourself and on the people around you because I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the people around me and if it exactly. wasn't for being true to the people around me and being a genuine person to them as well as my art. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's so to me, like it's so 
easy to get caught up in, you know, oh, well, I need to do this so that I can, I mean, hey, man, I've been guilty of it myself where, okay, what will get me the biggest numbers? Mm-hmm. And what will, I, it's like we were talking earlier before we pressed record how like, okay, this is going to get me numbers this episode. Yeah. And then it does really shitty. But then I do something that's just kind of fun and like not a throwaway episode, but like, okay, this is just a really fun thing for me. I'm not trying. I'm just having fun. And I throw it out there. And the next thing you know, it's like one of my most downloaded episodes. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah, you just it, it. people can tell when you're being disingenuous. And to me, that's kind of what, you know, a, a lot of the DIY stuff. That's why I am so drawn to it because it's. Mm-hmm. It's real and it's raw. And speaking on that, I want to talk about your latest single, which to me is, you know, it's talking about real and raw. As real as raw and as as it gets. Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, the new single, which was released, uh, you you dropped it like last week. On Halloween. On Halloween. Yeah. So on Halloween. Yeah. So the name of the track is Burn the Rapist, Not the Witches. Yep. So run me quickly, kind of run me through that. What's 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 this song and what what are you saying? here? Um, so Burn the Rapist, Not the Witches was originally a Backyard Riot song. It is on our final EP. Um, and it started off as just, I think, as the most true DIY um, folk punk thing ever. It was just me sitting down with an old flannel and I said, I'm going to make a pat, a back patch for my vest. What do I want to make this? And I'm like, you know what? Let's piss some people off, but also <laughs> really speak my mind, especially since, um, uh, someone that I'm very close to went through, um, a, a very bad situation at that time and i was really angry about that so i'm just like you know what the world needs it so let's get real with them so it tur- it started off as the back patch and then sam pushed me he's just like that's a really good song title why don't you write a song around it so i wrote a song around it and it's the most real brutally honest thing that I could write. Um, and then for the Backyard Riot recording, we had gang vocals on it. And we had my friend Liz, who has her own podcast. That's amazing. It's called the uh, Nothing Exists, uh, the Nothing Exists Radio Hour. Um, that's really good. I had, we had her come out, her and her partner come out and do gang vocals on it we had wayne's friend mitch come out and do gang vocals on it we had uh zoe from deviance and the odd man out come out and do gang vocals on it we had uh wayne's wife sarah do gang vocals on it and in 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 doing that it was a huge amount of catharsis Mm -hmm. put out onto that track especially having these really strong women on the track who had gone through really, really bad, rough things, um, really getting that catharsis out and sit and getting it out there. Um, and originally I was kind of just feeling about leaving it as a backyard riot song and not touching it ever again. And then I started playing shows as emo dad and I was at, 
You know what? It was actually a Basement Ontario show. My boys. Exactly. So I was <laughs> playing. I was playing a basement. Guys. I was playing a basement show, and I was kind of just thinking about the set time, and I went, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull out. Burn the rapists, not the witches." Because it's it's a fairly easy song guitar wise, um, and the lyrics will always stick in my head. So I was just like, "Fuck it, let's do this." And then I started playing it at shows and shows and shows. And then, um, especially, I think as more and more things come as more and more news comes out of different artists in the scene and different artists outside of the scene um and of course you know just shit humans in general um come out about you know child rape and um the me too movement and everything like that i'm just like you know what the world fucking needs this again so let's let's refresh it um and the cover art is actually a picture of my girlfriend, Morgan, who's who's a practicing witch. Um, and I had her help sort of with the production of it, um, making it just that little bit more ethereal, but also making it very raw. Mm hmm. But not so much to the point that people can ignore the message. Well, it's definitely something too that I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely very hard to ignore, which I, I dig that. Like the second I saw it, I was like, okay, here we go. Like shit. All right. Like, you know, mm. I'm for it. Cause I mean, you know, I, I, I try to keep things, um, on the show. I, I try to keep things somewhat in a, in a positive light just because yeah. I'm like, you know what? There's so much, there's so much shit in, in the, the world. world. But that being said, that doesn't mean I'm not feeling strongly against things where I'd love to cut a podcast where I'm just swearing these people up and down and just they're mm -hmm. shit human beings and they they should be burned at the stake as far as I'm concerned. So when I saw that, I was like, fuck, yeah, like, this is great. <laughs> I was for it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, obviously, I felt really awkward about promoting it even though I had written the song and I've been playing it for a while. Um, it's, it's kind of those weird things of asking myself, do I have, what right do I have to be putting this song out? What right do I have to be playing this and saying this, um, as a straight white guy who has never had to go through this. But then I also say, you know what? I'm a straight white guy who has a platform who has friends and loved ones who have gone through this um and has been there and has had to rush to the hospital um and has had to comfort friends um and loved ones after situations mm -hmm. like this so it, it makes me sort of push even more as to sort of, there's going to be the people that will never, that they won't get it. They like, won't they, get it. It doesn't mean they're being 
ugly about it or hateful mm-hmm. about it necessarily, but they just they'll see that and go, oh, like uh, what is he saying? I don't I don't understand. And exactly, you know, they just will they'll never understand. And there's the type of people that would never listen. That unfortunately, as a cold fact in, fact in this world, would never listen to a song like that if mm-hmm. it was put out by a, a female fronted band. Yeah, and that's the saddest thing. And you know, if any female fronted band ever wants to cover the song or put out a cover of the song, you can have it. Like, go for it. I'm. I don't want to take any money for it. It's yours to have. Um, but I feel like if I, if I, as a, as a male can come out and sort of slap a couple of those assholes in the face Mm -hmm. and say, come on, think about this. Like, listen, well, I I think I can, well, for sure, man. And I, I think that as, you know, straight white males or whatever, like, I, I think it's, I'm about to say something where it's going to piss people off, but I don't really care. A lot of us are the fucking problem. Yeah. No, <laughs> let's just true. be honest it's about it. It's very true. It's very and true. This, you know, I mean, I consider myself to be a pretty, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Progressive. Yeah. Yeah. But that also being said, like, you know, I grew up in a small town surrounded by rednecks. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not, I'm not progressive to the point where I'm like super duper, like, you know, um, in touch with everything that's going on and Mm -hmm. like, and you know, I see some stuff that, you know, about certain things, like don't get me fucking started on Gillette and their whole, their (laughs) ad of saying that every man in the world is a piece of shit that teaches their children how to fist fight, but whatever that that, that's beside the point. Yeah, Um, exactly. I'm not even going to get into it right now, (laughs) but um, like I see things that piss me off and I go, okay, Mm -hmm. you are, you because you're being an idiot and you're being a piece of shit you're making the rest of us look even more bad (laughs) so yeah and it's just adding to the problem i think a lot of it is that you you have guys that a lot of it is just ignorance like or turning a blind eye to it and it's that they don't understand and i think the thing is especially in the second verse i and a bit in the first ber- verse, I really try to push. These are things that happen to, unfortunately, happen to majority of women. And I really try to hammer home. This could be your sister. This could be your mm. wife. This could be your girlfriend. This could be your mother, your daughter, your niece. This could be your coworker. This could be anybody that this is happening to. And you can't turn a blind eye or be ignorant to that and just say like, well, I don't know anybody. You do. Yeah. The only difference is whether or not they're telling you. Mm-hmm. And it, and the only reason that they – and part of the re- – I shouldn't say the only reason. Part of the reason that you may not know is because they don't feel comfortable telling you because of the way that you that your stance is on on it and again it comes back to that whole thing of i just want to have people look at it a different way and put that idea out there and have people sort of second guess the way that they think absolutely and i mean I, i think it's something that you know with what's happened with the me too movement and that and you know there's all these women now that are are being 
so strong and coming forward with things mm -hmm. and you know and I, I love the people that will throw oh well this one person out of like ten thousands and thousands and millions of women that oh well this one person had a false accusation so therefore we can't believe any of them and i'm like mm -hmm. fuck you you're an idiot but that's yeah no i'm not gonna i'm, I'm getting hot about it so i'm not even gonna get into yeah, that no. right now <laughs> but, but um <laughs> at, at the end of the day you know i i think you're um with what you're saying, I think is it's such a powerful statement. And I think that there are some people definitely that might see it and kind of be like, oh, geez, like there might be that slight, yeah. slight shock factor. But it's a good it's like, what is he saying in this? And then they hear it and they go, oh, shit. Like, okay, yeah, I and get I it kind now. of I kind of like to think of it in the same way as Marilyn Manson shock type of type of way as early Marilyn Manson. You know, it's it gets your attention but then you you know you listen to the lyrics you read the lyrics and you go holy shit like this is it like this is something to think about like one of the one of my favorite examples is in fight song um by marilyn manson the bridge to that is the death of one is a tragedy the death of millions is just a, a statistic like that is a hard-hitting line and I can almost guarantee a line like that would never have gotten played on MTV if it wasn't for the shock value. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and I mean, I think that, again, like I said, with what you're saying in the song and stuff that, you know, I think maybe some people need to freaking hear mm -hmm. and they need to really it needs to be driven home. And I think you do that. And what I want to do right now um, kind of before we kind of start slowly wrapping it up here, I mm -hmm. want to play the song that we've been talking about now. So we're going to jump into that. And then when we come back, we're going to kind of finish up here with Duncan. So this again is burn the rapist, not the witches. Let's check it out.
guys burn the rapists not the witches um and i think it was a, a something that we obviously we talked a lot about the song mm-hmm. before we played it but now that people have heard it i think they can probably understand a bit more with kind of what you're going for and what you were saying about almost being k- kind of nervous about releasing it just because mm-hmm. it's like i don't know but then also dropping it on halloween how, how did you kind of have because i think that was almost like the perfect time to drop it yeah, so obviously, like, it's a spooky song. Like, it, it's in the title. Um, and then the other the other thing of it is um, being in a relationship with a practicing witch, um, seeing how many of our sort of... Um, what's that? What's the word? I... Uh, our holidays, like the way that uh, the the sort of Christianized holidays are, it's essentially just cover up for what were old Wiccan and pagan holidays. Um, and the one that's still the closest to what it was originally is is um, Samhain, which is what is now Halloween. Um and Saul, Samhain, I mean, if Morgan was here, she could explain it way, way better than me. But um, based on my <laughs> basically the, bit, the Cliff Notes my, version of it, my Cliff Notes understanding is um, it's it's a day to reflect on the dead mm-hmm. um, and to make peace with them. So part of the tradition is a dumb supper, which is when you sit down to eat your supper, your dinner on Samhain, you make an empty plate for the dead and you eat in silence because they, the dead can't speak. Um, so I think part of it was taking that sort of feeling of the dead can't speak and moving it to the victims who are afraid to speak or the victims who can't speak for one reason or another um, and sort of giving them, trying to give them a voice. Um, and, And paying respect to old traditions and especially... I've always seen witches as the kind of most the most villainized group of women in history mm-hmm. because they it was a lot of women that were healers and that were very strong and they were uh villainized and demonized by uh by the church and by the Catholic men who ran the church um, and they were burned and killed for that. And a lot of those good Catholic men were even 
worse demons and monsters. Yeah, doing some than what they, shit. <laughs> exactly. Than the people that they were that they were demonizing. For sure. And I mean, I, I think there's it's that's what's so interesting to me about it is there's there's so much correlation in that, you know, with those scumbags that will almost demonize women for coming forward. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like and how for having demonized that yeah, how can you that I just don't it doesn't make any sense to me. It's something but. that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me, but that's it. That's the thing. You you look in history, and it's a continual it's a continual thing. And again, that's why that's why I think "Burn the Rapist, Not the Witches" just as a saying mm-hmm. sticks so hard. And it kind of has, um, like, obviously, what it's meant for is very clear, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Also, it's just as a general saying, mm-hmm. as far as for, you know, empowering women that, you know, might exactly. need that little extra help with it. And, you know, it's it's just it's basically like a call to arms almost in a way. Exactly. Which, which I dig that. And that's that's badass. And it's a badass track, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the second I heard it, I was like, OK, cool. I'm into this. Like, it's it's like, oh, know, shit, this is what we're fucking doing. Let's this go. This is what we're doing. All right. I'm in. Let's do it. I was I was blasting it in my car and I'm just like, I might roll my windows down. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let's just let's get it out there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's badass, man. Um, but before we, we change gears for a minute here, mm-hmm. is there kind of anything else you have planned for the emo dad project right now? Or are you just kind of um, you're going to sit on the single for a little bit? I mean, I'm thinking about putting out one more single in December and then putting out an EP of this round of songs. And then just recently I was talking to Morgan about putting out an album sometime in the summer, um, which kind of, it's a semi-concept album record. I'm going to be calling it uh, The Life and Times of a Gen Z Failure. Um, and it's kind of semi-autobiographical, but it's going to be more of just a like a period piece type thing. So I'm going to be putting out an EP first before that, and I'm doing some stuff with John and Ed um, as well. But then I'm going to be putting a lot of effort into that album, hopefully to get it out sometime around July. Okay, so hold up real quick. You just said something that triggered me. Yeah. Um, You're going to be doing stuff with John and Ed? Yeah. Like the John and Ed, my boys, John and Ed? Yes. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. So that's I don't, okay. I don't know if it's public knowledge, so I can't, I'm not going to talk anymore <laughs> okay. about it. So. Okay. No, 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 not at all. I just, okay, cool. <laughs> They're doing something. Maybe they're going to start a restaurant. Who knows? But like, yes, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm actually coming in as a cook to the yeah. restaurant. Maybe they're going to release a new line of, of, uh, uh, jock straps. Who knows? You just yeah, never know. What's no idea. <laughs> but no, that, but it that's... would be so on brand. <laughs> it would be perfect. John Ward being the face of a, uh, a jock strap company. I don't know. I could just see it. It'd be so good. <laughs> The me, oh. the me undies of the punk scene. <laughs> <laughs> Cover your drawings, kids. Um, yeah, there we are. <laughs> I like it. No, but um, well, that's cool, man. So definitely looking forward to that. And that, that album you're talking about, that sounds cool. So definitely mm-hmm. keep an eye for that. Um, 
Now, before we go, I talked earlier about the fact that you also have a brand new podcast. Yeah. That's why I shouldn't say brand new, but as of October, yes. um, you guys kind of relaunched it. So run me through what exactly is the House Hippos podcast? Yeah. So it's um, is my friend Ethan Gomes and I. Uh, we had a we had two podcasts leading up to this we had one originally which was called end of the week and it was just a sort of life discussion podcast you know shooting two friends shooting the shit um and we do that at the end of every week on fridays and then when i moved away we went on a bit of a hiatus and then we went to end of the month so we would do one episode every month and it was the same sort of thing just shooting the shit catching up uh, we talked about album reviews and music picks of the week and stuff like that and like shows, pop culture, all that type of stuff. And then when I moved back into town, back into Port Hope, uh, we were kind of talking and he came to me with the idea of, hey, man, we did a two hour podcast trying to find the name of this one early 2000s uh, kids show. Do you want to do a whole podcast based around say 2000s and like early 2010s kids TV? And it's like, yeah, let's Hell fucking yes, do I it. Do. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> and of course, like the House Hippos comes from the great Canadian PSA yes. of the House Hippo. And if you don't know what that is, uh, you can just type in the YouTube. Watch our first episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, that's a much better idea. Dude, yeah, our that. first episode is all about PSAs. So that way, anybody who doesn't get the name would get the name. It's um, it's something that the second I saw it, I was like, okay, that's cool. I dig that. Because obviously, being a Canadian, of course, I know who, what the house hippo is. And, and that's the thing, is that we wanted to focus a lot on Canadian content um and canadian animation studios canadian actors production houses shows um and television networks so ytv uh teletoon family channel you know the, those types of things and the things that were specifically canadian because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of people that talk about it or there's a lot of people that talk about it um in a sort of sort of down on it or in a weird way, way like, oh, Canadian television is so much cheaper production or it's shittier writing than American. And it's like, well, here's what it was like growing up in it. And here was our memories of it. And it's such a cool concept. Like, I don't know a lot of I mean, there's not a lot in this world I'm an expert on. But when it comes to podcasts, mm -hmm. like, I'm, you know, that's kind of my deal. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's like. The second I heard the concept for it, I'm like, okay, that's cool because there's a lot of, you know, there's billions of movie podcasts and there's oh, yeah. billions of, you know, television podcasts, but there's not a lot of podcasts out there that are, yes, they're it's a television podcast, but mm -hmm. it's but like, it's, it's niche specific. It's a niche. Yes. So people out there who love Canadian television and Canadian media are going to see the name, the house it and they're going to go what is this? Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be or a fan even, even if they don't love it and they're just semi aware of it. Like, again, if you our whole, our whole thing is that we grew up with it and we know a whole lot of other people that grew up with it. Hmm. And it's, 
it just sits back in the dark recesses of your mind. But as soon as somebody starts talking about it, you're like, holy shit, I remember this. And you know everything about <laughs> like the one show or whatever, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's such a cool concept. I know you guys are only like two episodes in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had the first episode, of course, PSAs, which was – you know, kind of mainly focusing on that. But then also you mm-hmm. just dropped your most recent episode, um, which as we record, this was, of course, the Halloween episode yep, um, on Halloween. S- yep. So what was what was that episode kind of touching on a little bit? Just a quick that, that was um, that was a bit talking about our Halloween memories as kids. Um, so we talked about, you know, like our favorite trick or treat candy and um you know, sit what our favorite Halloween movies were as a kid and what our favorite horror movies now are as adults. Um, and then we went more into specific Halloween specials and we broke, we kind of broke the uh, Canadian content rule. But I think for when you're talking about specific holiday specials, you kind of should. Oh, yeah. You, you don't, I think you have to keep. You know, I think you have to be so niche about it when you're doing exactly. these specials. It's like you got to kind of exactly. Yeah. Um. So we were talking about like the scary godmother, which was uh, it turned out as we were in the middle of the episode and I was doing some more background research. It was a Canadian American joint production um, animated production, but majority of it was American. Um, that still counts, I think. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and it was a CG animated, um, short, I think it was about four, maybe 40 minutes long, half hour. Um, and we were talking about that one and we talked about the, um, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I talked about, which of course is a classic, Um, and we went into a whole sort of like discussion about religion and, and stuff with the great pumpkin, which we're probably going to do a whole another thing when it comes to Christmas. And we talk about the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Well, it's definitely a super cool concept and Mm -hmm. hopefully some people who are listening to this will want to go check that out if they haven't yet, which I mean, I strongly implore you to do so because, you know, I I haven't gotten to listen to both episodes all the way through yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm like about halfway through the the Halloween special right now and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So, yeah. And, and, you know, production's good and all that. So it's like you guys, you know, carry yourselves well. And you can tell you guys are just, just it's just buddies hanging out, talking about, yeah. <laughs> talking about something you love. And that's what's, you know, to me, that's podcast I personally love. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, we're both kind of in the middle of doing research for our next episode, which um, I'm probably going to post about it tomorrow morning. Anyways, um, we're going to be doing an episode about, uh, the total drama series. So like total drama Island, total drama action, because the first two seasons were recently added to Netflix Canada. So I was like, well, now's like the best time for us to fucking talk about this. Cause it's very topical and people can actually go watch it. Exactly. Ease. And it's There's one no of those ones that, a lot of people watched it. It's mm-hmm. so it was so popular and it played in the US and it was so popular in the US as well. Um and in Australia. And fun fact about Total Drama, 
um, they had multiple endings to the first season with different winners, um, depending on which country you were watching it in. Really? Yeah. So in some countries, um, spoiler for the final season, uh, for the first season finale, uh, the final two are Gwen and Owen. And in some countries, Gwen won. And in some countries, Owen won. That's cool. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. So, th- you know, and they they kept it completely secret. They kept it as close to it being a real reality TV show as they could. See, it's little timbits and fat, cool facts like that that you'll learn on the House Hippos podcast. So that's why you exactly. should check it out. <laughs> so where can people find the House Hippos podcast right now? I know you, you guys are rocking the pod bean. Yeah, so right now we're on Podbean. Um, I just got an email today that we're on Google uh, Google Podcasts. Um, I'm currently working on getting us on Apple Podcasts. And then I'm looking at SoundCloud. Um, I didn't exactly love SoundCloud when we were doing end of the week and the month stuff, but I'm definitely going to be doing YouTube soon. And I'm hoping that we can eventually get a full video version of the podcast going at some point definitely well that's badass and um for people who are looking for that be sure to hit the subscribe and all that and you know mm-hmm. it's it's cool and i'm i'm excited to see you guys grow and kind of see where, where the podcast ends up because that's uh i i'm happy anytime anyone that is either at least local to me or that I know somehow starts a podcast, I get super giddy because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's people anymore. I know that I can that I can support. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and and something that I notice as well is whenever I'm even just cruising through podcasts, if I can if I can find somebody that's Canadian or if I can find people that are Canadian, it makes me really happy because I like I I like supporting. Um, people in our country and creatives in our country because i know how tough it can be as a canadian kind of getting washed out by a lot of the american entertainment yeah in the podcast world it was those freaking australians for a while man they uh (laughs) they came in and they just took over and it was it's a sexy accent man oh dude Shouts to my boys in Australia who they know who they are. I'm not going to shout them out right now, but they don't even do the podcast anymore. Those bastards. But yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they came in, they made their money and they got and they out. They just took off. <laughs> fuckers. But that's great, man. I'm excited about that. So again, be sure to check out the House Hippos podcast. Uh, now, before we go, where can the good people find you and the Emo Dad stuff on social media? Uh, so Emo Dad is, um, God, let me pull up my handles here. Uh, give me just a hot no minute. problem while he's doing that um if you guys obviously you can find his music on spotify right now that's i i feel like at this point spotify is pretty much it's the go-to spotify it's the go-to it's, it's the go-to if you don't have spotify it is up on everything else except for amazon because screw amazon exactly <laughs> But you can check it all out there. And then, of course, I will make sure I link everything down below as well. However you listen to this, either on the SoundCloud or or Spotify or whatever, I'll have it in the description below. Um, And if you are looking to find out more information about anything at all, too, be sure to uh, 
once he gives you the handles, hit him up there. Or you can definitely also mm. hit me up if you have a question about anything and I will pass it along to him and he will answer and then I will answer or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, my Instagram, which is where I'm kind of most active is emo underscore dot uh, emo underscore dad dot music. And then uh, my Facebook is come on load uh, at emo dads dot music. And those wow. are those are my two mains. I also have a Twitter. Uh, I don't really use it that much. I, no one uses I, Twitter anymore. That's I don't get Twitter. Twitter. See, I get such mixed things. Everybody's just like, oh, Facebook's dead. We don't use it. It's it. We use Twitter. And then I get like, oh, Twitter's dead. We use Facebook. That's why I mainly just use Instagram because I'm like, it's the safe thing. It gets it out onto both platforms. And it's the one that I have the most fun with. Exactly. And I mean, at this point, the only time I go on Twitter is when Facebook and Instagram are down. So, I mean, that's, uh, let's be honest. That's pretty much the only time anyone goes on Twitter anymore. Um, <laughs> or just for weird drama or memes. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason anyone goes on Twitter anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a whole hell of a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you coming on and, and chat with me. We covered a lot of ground and I, I mean, I had a blast doing it. So, oh, yeah, dude, thank it you. was my pleasure. And thank you for having me on. Absolutely, man. Anytime. One, I would. I think I'd love to uh, do a crossover with the the House Hipples podcast once you guys get a little more steam rolling, and maybe if there's something I can. I I'm not wasn't much of a TV guy when I was younger, but I mean maybe I can bring help you guys. I, I think we can. I think we could find a series <laughs> or something that uh, you uh, like talking about, and we'll shoot you a lot of a lot of the stuff you can actually find like the full series on youtube um so we'll say and we'll just send you the link and be like okay you have a month to do this listen to this <laughs> oh uh i should mention with uh house hippos we put an episode out every other thursday so the next episode should be coming out uh the 14th November 14th is when the next episode's coming out. So there you go, guys. So you guys are hearing this. Uh, the next Thursday from when you are hearing this episode is when you can expect the next episode of the House Hippos podcast. So that's very exciting. Thank you very much again, my man. I'll definitely be talking to you again. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, brother. See ya. All right, gang, there you have it. My chat with Duncan Innes, a.k.a. Emo Dad. Really hope that you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. We talked for like another like half hour after I, uh, after we, we stopped recording. Just just random fun stuff and talking about the podcast as well, which is something I did forget to mention in the intro that we did talk about at the end of there. Be sure to be on the lookout for that. that, that that's a really fun podcast. I've gotten to listen to those episodes now. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to, of course, check out Emo Dad as well. And we're pretty much ready to just wrap it up here today. We've been having a lot of fun and a lot of laughs and a lot of good talk. But before, before I go, I need to give a massive, massive shout out to the Hotheads, which of course are my Patreon supporters. If you guys are not aware, I do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash the harder show. You can go on. I do have a few different tiers. I have the uh, $2 a month. I have the $5 a month. I have the $10 a month and the $20 a month, all of which will get you different uh, basically rewards and unique access to different things. Um, 
the $2, basically you are a part of my community. You will see kind of what I'm doing and you'll have access to unique information and you'll get shout outs every single week on the show. And of course, I will plug anything that you want me to plug. If you have a business, maybe you want me to talk about or if you have a band or anything at all, I will talk about it and I do seriously appreciate it. And you're really helping the show by doing that. The $5 tier, of course, gets you all of that as well as unique content that you will be hearing that no one else will hear whether it's maybe an exclusive interview or an exclusive live cast or exclusive Q&A or, or something fun. I've, I've got some random stuff up my sleeve that I'm really looking forward to, to churning out this month here for the Patreon supporters. And you will for sure in the beginning at least get one unique show a month Um and then as well as other things. And then also there's going to be discounts on merch and all that other fun stuff. The $10 a month people get all of that as well as free merch anytime it becomes available. So if I have a t-shirt that I'm charging 20 bucks for, if you're already on the $10 a month tier, guess what? You get it for free, no questions asked. I'm not going to charge you 20 bucks for a t-shirt when you're supporting me $10 a month. So something to think about. And then of course the final $20 is something I'm doing that I'm calling a sponsorship role, which essentially you become an official sponsor of The Hotter Show. I will plug, do a proper ad plug for your business or your service or your website or your even your band or whatever it is. I'll do an actual proper plug ad, either like a read ad like I do for Jay Bridges Alerts, or I can work with you know my good friend, Mr. Brandon Bowden, to create an actual ad for you if that's what you would like to do. And that's what the $20 a month gets you. It also, of course, gets you everything else, free merch and access to unique content and all that other fun stuff. And we, right now, my goal is to hit $30 a month. If I could hit $30 a month, all the costs associated with doing this podcast would be covered. So if we could get those covered, that would be really cool because then I can, you know, really focus my extra funding, which I'm going to be honest, is not existent at the moment in my life, uh, on making the show better. And I mean, hey, if we get over $30 a month, there's no telling what could happen. The show is really in a growing state right now. And it's so cool. You know, I because I, I like to tell you guys these kind of things, you know, the last four or five months or six months, I've been over 100 downloads every week. And there's been weeks where I've been at like 200 downloads, 300 downloads, I had 1000 downloads, you know, so it's cool stuff's happening. We're in a growing period right now. And I'm really hoping to continue that, you know, by having great content, like great interviews, like I had today, and then I'm going to have next week. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be talking to a pro wrestler. Who is it? Well, maybe if you're on the Patreon, you'll find out. <laughs> Something to think about. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash the hotter show. Of course, it is 100% optional. I will never expect you guys to do that. But if you want to give a little extra support to the show and help this show grow and this brand grow, that is how you can do that. On top of listening, which you are, thank you so very much, especially if you're still listening. You are the best vir- virtual fist bump or audio fist bump. Yeah. Good old fist bump. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. And if you are in the Ontario area, be safe. 
driving you know we had our first snowfall actually today as i record this so be careful out there y'all be safe slow down don't drive like maniacs i had a fun situation with that today but i'm not gonna get into it because i gotta keep things lighthearted and positive here on the show but that's gonna be it for me guys thank you so very much again for tuning in be sure to hit that subscribe button leave a like comment and let me know what you thought of the interview if you have any questions or anything be sure of course to hit me up on the facebook and instagram both under the harder show you can also hit me up by email at thehardershow at gmail.com or, of course, on podbeardnetwork.com forward slash the harder show. Big shouts to my boys, Still Learning Podcast and No Geeks Allowed. They had a great crossover episode um, on the Still Learning Podcast, which was just great. Brian and uh, and uh, Josh from Still Learning Podcast and Brian from No Geeks Allowed killed it. I highly, highly, highly recommend you go check out that episode talking about From Russia with Love, the James Bond game. And also basically a lot about the movie if you're into that. Definitely check it out. They're great. And I will catch you next time on The Hotter Show. Take it easy, guys. Bye.